Today, I talked to Zoe Routh. I talked to her about her new book, People Stuff. People Stuff is your map to the complex territory of human behavior and leadership strategies. Enjoy the interview. Welcome to the Business Bookshelf podcast. I'm your host, Lance Pepler. The purpose of this podcast is to bring you thought leaders from around the world and having thought-provoking discussions with them in a light, friendly manner. This show is sponsored by Deerstorm, focusing on exponential and innovation and leadership. So visit www.ideastorm.co.za to book a free strategy session. Today, our guest is Zoe Routh. Zoe is the owner of Inner Compass, where she specializes in showing leaders who want to cut their time spent on people stuff issues by 75%, while at the same time creating a team they love to lead. More time to get work done with less stress. I talked to her today about her new book, People Stuff. People Stuff is your map to the complex territory of human behavior and leadership strategies. I started, as usual, with my get to know you questions. Where do you come from? And what is unique and interesting about the place that you live? Well, I'm a Canadian living in Australia, so I have a funny accent. And uh, specifically in Australia, I'm in Canberra, which is the nation's capital, much to many people's surprise. It's not Sydney, it's Canberra. I love this, um, virtual traveling uh, <laughs> in Canberra. What I love about here is that we're so close to the bush. Uh, we're, we're calling the bush capital. So I would take you straight out to my front door up onto the ridge, um, which is out my, out my front door. And there we'd have a look at some beautiful views around the city and take your first look at a kangaroo. If you've never seen a kangaroo, that's always really fun. <laughs> I never get tired of looking at kangaroos. So I'd start there and then I'd go probably south and take you out into one of the beautiful national parks to have a look at the beautiful bushland. Sure. Apart from that... There's lots of lots of little nicks and crannies and institutions and cafes and stuff to play around in. I then asked Zoe to give us an overview of her career and what led to the forming of her company in a compass. The forming of my career, I probably started face down in the mud with a canoe on my head. <laughs> <laughs> and um, seriously, that's where the start of my professional career began, uh, with a love of the wilderness and and playing with people in the wilderness. So I spent uh, many summers in Canada working at a summer camp leading canoe trips, and uh, it was the most exhilarating thing. And somewhere along the way, I decided that's the kind of work I wanted to do for my future and forever to work mm -hmm. with people in the bush. So I did that every summer, and in between, I sort of dallied at university until I picked up and moved across the world uh, to come to Australia to work for Outward Bound, where I could work in the outdoors year-round wow. because we have such beautiful um, a beautiful climate here. Mm -hmm. So I, I worked on people development, leadership development in an outdoor context for uh, nearly 10 years here in Australia that were bound. Uh, I was on the executive there and it started into staff and training. So doing the hiring and firing and training. And I fell in love with that kind of work. And I fell in love with helping people develop their own leadership capacities as well. And that became a theme. So the theme of my work has always been around people and the outdoors. And the, as I've gotten a little bit older and creakier, the outdoors component is dialed down a little bit. And I save that for my personal expeditions more than my work ones. Though occasionally I do take groups out into the bush to do some mm -hmm. leadership reflection. And uh, the genesis of my business came about in 2002 
where I started coaching, doing executive coaching one-on-one on the side of my, uh, of my day job at Outward Bound and then the, the next organization I worked for, which was the Australian Rural Leadership Foundation. And from there, it kind of mushroomed into how can I, how can I serve leaders in different ways, not just the one-on-one? So I was working with their executive teams, uh, teaching them leadership skills and abilities, as well as facilitating conversations with executives around culture and how we can get along better. So all these ideas of how can we work better together has been, has been something that I've been really fascinated with because I've been on amazing teams and I've been on some teams that just fell apart and it's a miserable experience. And I became mm. fascinated with what causes that, uh, what causes the good stuff, what causes the bad stuff, and what's the journey in and out of those things. It's sort of the trajectory mm. to date with my business in Compass. Sure. Well, thank you for that, Zoe. And so well done on the book, People Stuff. It's an accomplishment to write a book. And uh, thank you so much for it. It's full of valuable content. You sent me a copy and I read it uh, with great interest. Um, what brought you to write this book? And can you give us a brief overview of it? The, what brought me to write this book is my fourth book. So <laughs> I can't believe yeah. I stumped up to write another one after doing three. <laughs> it's like, okay. Why another book? And this one was really after long conversations with different clients about the challenges that they had and hearing them wrestle over and over again with, with the people dynamics and people management issues. And that's the stuff that kept them awake at night. That kind of led me to want to solve some of that pain and uh, give them give readers and leaders maps for understanding human behavior that can help them make better decisions. Mm-hmm. And I think more than ever, we need a different kind of leadership. We need a leadership that has a broader, wider, deeper perspective. So the bigger calling, I guess. So there's, there's sort of the get, get leaders out of pain purpose of the book. And then the bigger piece is about helping leaders to see more so they can lead better. Oh. And that, that became the architecture for the book. And um, perspective is the theme of the book. And it's how we look at ourselves how as leaders, how we define and operate as leaders, how we look at others and understanding human dynamics and our relationship with them. And the third piece is how we understand the bigger picture, the landscape in which we find ourselves. How can we navigate the complexity of the context in which we find ourselves? And there is a lot of complexity and volatility and uncertainty. And we need leaders who can handle that level of complexity. Otherwise, we're just going to make some really bad decisions and end up in a mess. I want to avoid the mess if we can. We then started to discuss various aspects of the book in more detail. And I asked her, if you're a leader and you've got an employee that's you know, driving you crazy, and we've all experienced it, can Zoe give us any advice about how to manage a difficult employee? Uh, yeah, I love this. And people do drive us crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you just have to be in a conversation with someone who just says something that goes right under your skin and up your nose and it's like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) So if that happens and you're saying, oh, that person drives me nuts, I think it's a good opportunity to just press pause and go, hmm, what is it about what they're saying or doing or being that's pushing all your buttons? And when I did research for the book, the what I came across was this whole idea of shadow. And it appears in Jungian uh, psychology where the the shadow is what we suppress in ourselves. It's the parts mm-hmm. of ourselves that we don't like, that are not acceptable to us. And what ends up happening is 
um, we tend to hide them away, resist them, tuck them away, and we project onto others uh, disdain and judgment for those same qualities which we've hidden away in ourselves. And so this is where we, if we find ourselves provoked or judging others or, or feeling negative about them, usually it means put up a mirror <laughs> because yeah. where, where is that component or that behavior in you that you've hidden away somewhere that you haven't come to terms with, that you haven't accepted that that's part of you, even though you don't necessarily have to act from that point of view. So whenever people push my buttons, it's always like, <gasps> take a big, deep, big, deep breath and go, Hmm, there's, a, there's an opportunity for insight and learning here, <laughs> even though really you just want to, um, slag them off and complain about them bitterly. It is an opportunity to put the mirror up and go, okay, there's parts of me that, that need to have a look, I need to have a look at here and uh, resolve. And so in your book, you basically divided into four areas, your, the practice of perspective, and then you go into you as the leader, and then part um, four is looking at your people that you are leading and so part three is really interesting. And you spoke about the shadows there in your previous answer uh, and the different archetypes of a leader. Could you take us through that? Because I, I was fascinated with, you know, the shadow specifically and how I could see it in world leaders, even how they oh, doing absolutely. the various shadows and, and, you know, how that plays about. So can you give us a brief overview of, you know, the five different ones and maybe focus on one in particular? Sure. Um, well, there's the five leadership archetypes, and I mean, there's thousands of archetypes we can choose from mm -hmm. to help us embody different leadership qualities. And in the research for the book, I picked these particular five because I felt that they embodied some of the core challenges and opportunities that leaders have in front of them. Mm -hmm. um, the primary overarching one that I think is mandatory, <laughs> if, if you can call things mandatory for leaders, I'm not sure. Uh, one of the ones I highly recommend that people embrace as a guiding force in their life is the, arch is the archetype of the elder. Mm. And the elder shows up in cultures around the world. It's typically they are the wisest person in the room because they've had the most experience, the most opportunity to reflect from learning and insight. And they can be, they can be carriers of uh, cultural history and lore. They can be judges in some cultures. They can be law adjudicators in others. But essentially for me, the, the elder archetype is somebody who is both wise and compassionate, somebody who leads with the best of their head and best of their heart. And that's sort of the, the filter through which we want to see everything. And that's the primary, um, the primary archetype. Um, the other four are supportive roles, I guess, or supportive archetypes, depending on the individual context in which you find yourselves. The first one is, the next one, I'm sorry, is the warrior so when we need courage, when we need tenacity, when we need uh, gritty determination, we can turn to the warrior. Um, and I think that kind of energy is often what we've needed over that last six months to battle our way through some of the challenges. Mm -hmm. The next one is the diplomat. When we need to negotiate things with others and we want to get a win-win-win for all parties, that's how we can lean on the diplomat. You know, steely resolve to get the best outcome for all. Uh, we have the guardian. The guardian archetype is the one that plays a really tough role, actually, because the guardian wants to advance 
the organization's purpose and results while holding on to the best of its past. So it's kind of like, you know, keep what's good and progress something new. And this this whole balance that the guardian needs to play. It's like, we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. They often show up as the devil's advocate as well. So the guardian is, is an interesting tension-filled role. And the last one is the pioneer. And the pioneer is that energy of creativity and exploration and risk-taking and creating something new. And when we advance into the future boldly, that is the pioneer in action. So those are the five archetypes. And the shadow piece is, uh, is the turning point for each of them. So in each archetype, there is potential for great good as well as potential for great evil. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds very... <laughs> Black and white, but um, it's true. So each archetype has a pivot point that can send them into their darker shadow self. So we look at the elder, say, for example. The elder can become a tyrant. How could this be? How can somebody who's wise and compassionate succumb to becoming a tyrant? And with any of the archetypes, there's a critical shift. We go from focusing on others, outward focusing, to focusing on ourselves. And um, that's how we start to move away from elder into tyrant, say, for example. And the example I gave in the book was the head of WeWork, who's um, the former CEO, whose name has just completely gone out of my brain for the moment. <laughs> I can't believe it. Oh, um, <laughs> oh, here we go. Adam it Newman. May, it may come to me. What's that? Adam Newman. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> I hate that when I lose a name, I just would blank out of the brain. Um, and he's so, he's so clearly in my, in my mind's eye, the picture of him. So Adam Newman, the former CEO of WeWork. And the story of, of Adam Newman and WeWork is fascinating. You know, very purposeful organization. Let's transform the way the world of work works. Let's make community-based. Let's bring people together in this co-located, co-cooperative place and make it a wonderful place to be. Like, yeah, that sounds awesome. Mm -hmm. And they had this meteoric rise uh, of success and they kept snapping up different properties and expanding, expanding, expanding. Now something happened to Adam along the way. And this is the, is, this is the obvious shift I see from elder into tyrant where he had all this wise and compassionate purpose in the business. And then he started to buy his own story. He started to turn away from the purpose of others to look at who he was, who was Adam Newman. And he famous, famously declared that he wanted to be president of the world. You know, that kind of <laughs> egotism is oh just crazy. Um, he wants to live forever. So he started to just overinflate his sense of self and was blind to that. And I think that's the interesting thing about shadow is that we can be so purpose-driven and then we start to turn the lens towards ourselves and become more self-focused. And power can do that to us. Um, power is something that we are gifted by others who, who give us authority, I should say, and we earn it. We earn the right to lead others. And then when we're given this power, we can become really engaged with the attractions of it, the dopamine effect of being able to, uh, to make decisions and be successful. And we, then the mirror starts to turn and all of a sudden we're focused on maintaining our power and we lose sight of what we're there to do in the first place, which is to serve others. So the pivot point for the shadow across all the archetypes is similar in vain. So as soon as we stop focusing on others and start focusing on our own concerns, we can slip into the shadow. 
<laughs> oh, that's true. And I would love to be in a position one day to be as, you know, as successful that I had the opportunity to turn into the shadow. So maybe well, my aim is to get to the point where I can say I can resist the tyrant and become an elder. So hopefully that happens to me. Um, but I, I love the fact, way in your book that you've laid it out and you've given like the, the beliefs and the practices for each archetype. You've given like a fantastic table where you can see the differences between the, the elder and the tyrant. And it's so, you know, and then the brass tacks about, you know, how it works, how it plays out the culture. And I really appreciated reading all of that. And it's done in such a succinct, easy to read style. Um, Zoe, I've read on LinkedIn that you've said you were surprised in a way that the biggest engagement you've had from the book is the four devils. And that's in part four, which is the, the focus on them, the people that you are leading. And so not to give away your book any further, but you've, you've got a, a webinar coming up around the four devils engagement. Uh, you know, what, have, were you surprised at that? That's been the most, the, the most engaged part of your book and the most you know, people that have commented the most on. Well, maybe I'm not as surprised as all that. I guess I'm curious about it, really. Um, it, not surprising because it is people's pain point. And uh, dealing with other people is every leader's biggest challenge. When I talk to leaders, what is your, what is your biggest leadership challenge? It's like staff. Yeah, <laughs> leadership would yeah. be so easy if there weren't people involved. <laughs> and the people issues are the, the ones that most people find challenging. Um, so when there is a chapter called the four devils of people stuff, I think mm -hmm. that's what intrigues people. It's like, yeah, I've got to deal with silos. I've got to deal with turf wars. I've got to deal with emotional ranting. I've got to deal with these people who, who hide away in a corner and don't contribute. I've got to deal with white anting and backbiting and uh, undermining. And I've got to deal with resi change resistance. All these kind of symptoms are, are things that leaders find difficult. So in, in many ways, I'm not that surprised. Um, and I, maybe it was just naive. I'm like, here's the book. And the, the parts that I wanted people to be more interested in aren't necessarily the ones that are getting <laughs> highlighted the most. <laughs> and, and tell me about the, the webinar that you're going to be having. Hopefully this podcast launches before that webinar. But what will the focus be around that? Uh, we've we've run a number of them. So okay. um, the, we've run a few through the winter, the winter here in Australia, mm -hmm. uh, based on different principles of the book. And the latest the latest series of webcasts we were running were called Hot Potato, Problematic People Stuff Problems. Ah. <laughs> and we're just wrapping up the last uh, tail end of that series. We have another series coming out in October called COVID culture conundrums, which will be also featuring some aspects of the book and unpacking some of the difficulties in, in maintaining a positive culture, especially in a COVID context and uh, dealing with those, those common issues I'm hearing people talk about. You know, how do you, how do you replace water cooler conversations when all you got is Zoom uh, to connect with people? So that's what we're looking at next coming up in October. That's our next series. Mm, fantastic. And hopefully I can join some of them if the time frame time difference allows. Um, so Zoe, your company, Inner Compass, uh, the website is actually zoeralph.com or is there a separate website for Inner Compass as well? 
Uh, no, that is my main website. So Intercompass is the name of my business and we have it, everything under Zoe Routh, Z-O-E-R-O-U-T-H, like mouth with an R. ZoeRouth.com. And there's tons of stuff on your website. So programs, keynotes, books, blogs, podcasts. Can you take us through your website and the offerings that your company has? If, sure. if I went so, to visit your website, yeah. If you went to visit my website, well, you could read a whole bunch of stuff. All my blogs yeah. are there. You can listen to my podcast. You can have a look at my books. Um, the services that we offer. So there's one-on-one -on -one executive coaching. I only take a handful of clients these days doing the one-on-one -on -one services. I love to work with executives and their teams on their team culture. That's another piece that we do. And then we have leadership training for leadership fundamentals. So if you have high potential leaders or um, <clears throat> emerging stars, then the, the, the leadership fundamentals is right for those, that group. And then we have advanced leadership uh, training for senior executives who are ready to take that next level to learn to be able to navigate and lead complexity. Um, so that's sort of the, the key components. And then I do speaking engagements as well. So I just came off one uh, this morning. I was speaking for an, a big group across Australia on uh, the power of perspective. So those are the kinds of things that I do. And we can and do it virtually, you know, yes, <laughs> so it's, it's way more fun in person <laughs> and we can't always meet. So uh, we can do it through the interwebs. And then people can see the four books that you, you've written on the books tab. And then your blogs, is it a, a weekly blog that you do? It seems fairly regular. People can visit your website and there's one from September the 15th, September the 8th, etc. How to be more resilient with Slack in the system, etc. So do you try and do that every week? Yeah, so we publish a newsletter and a blog uh, every week, and we have a podcast episode go out every week as well. So people can sign up for the People Stuff Toolkit. They get a free ebook of my third book, Loyalty, along with the accompanying checklist when they do that, and then they'll give them access to both the, the blog and the podcast week by week. What I've, what I've started to do with the Exponential Organization podcast is feature the blogs and articles on my website. So on ideastorm.com, which is my company website, then it's got a friends tab, which I like to call you a friend now. Um, and then I feature the articles and the blogs that on the friends tab. So hopefully I can put your details there. And then if people want to see that as well, it can be directed to your site from, from ideastorm on the friends tab. Um, can you tell us about your podcast, say? I've, I've been had the privilege of featuring it on mine and I've been on featured on yours. Can you tell us a little bit about what the purpose and the focus of your podcast is? Sure. It's called creatively. <laughs> Wait for it. <laughs> the Zoe Ralph leadership podcast. Hmm. <laughs> so I started it, uh, I guess it must be close to four, four years ago, maybe I think. Um, I think we're up to 180 episodes, something like that, any, sure. in any case. Mm -hmm. So we've been going for a few years, and I started it initially with how do I get my ideas across? So there was a lot of solo recordings in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And in the last year or so, I've been focusing more exclusively or specifically on two types of guests plus my solo episodes. And the two types of guests are authors. So similar, that was the connection we had. You, I saw that you interviewed great authors, and I, I was like, hey, I do that too, um, <laughs> around leadership topics. Yeah. And so I interview authors who have written great books on different leadership uh, topics like innovation, creativity, uh, culture, et cetera. 
And the other type of guests I interview are CEOs from different types of organizations. And we've interviewed people, CEOs from things like uh, the IP sector <laughs> and the IT sector. So intellectual property protection, as well as information technology. We've had leaders in the agricultural sector, not-for-profit, um, online retail, a whole range of different contexts and universes. And uh, even a vice chancellor from Central Queensland University, that's been one of our recent uh, leaders that we've interviewed as well. Yeah. And I like to talk to them about their leadership experiences, how they shifted perspective, and their people management challenges. And so the, the theme for the podcast is really about perspective, how we see ourselves, how we see others, and how we see um, uh, the, the greater picture around us and how can we grow and expand our perspective, and particularly when it comes to dealing with people management challenges. Yeah. I, I've listened to your last three or four ones since I, I found it. And I haven't read your, uh, listened to your latest one yet, but the one before your latest one was the interview with Cameron Schwab, and I really enjoyed that. It was so, it's so um, honest, and you, know, you could really sense his leadership challenges that he's had over the years and his challenges you know, in his family as well and how he grew up. And I thought it was an excellent interview that you did uh, with Cameron Schwab, which I recommend everyone downloads and has a listen to. Um, Thank you. I think it's worth noting, like, he's got an interesting story. He's been a CEO for 25 years, particularly in Australian football. And uh, for those listeners who love football, which is not soccer in Australia, <laughs> yes. it's, it's, uh, it's uh, different versions of rugby. There's three types of football in this country. Can you believe it? Um, so he was CEO of Richmond Club at the, at the raw early age of 24 it was his first CEO gig mm. and he ended up staying in football CEO roles for 25 years before becoming a consultant uh, and moving out on his own yeah it was a it was a fun interview he's he's got richness and depth to to his world experience that's for sure and how he's changed and developed over the years from being like mm. a rough new headstrong CEO to being now a more mature fully you know experienced CEO which was fascinating to hear and um, so Zoe, we've this interview with Zoe has inspired you to buy her book, podcast. People Stuff. And, and can I ask you to go so to my website, www.ifstorm.co.za, oh, click on the Buy Books tab you. and buy so the book from there. On LinkedIn, You'll also so find the other best-selling books that have been featured on this podcast. It will help give a bit of financing to this podcast and help to continue to improve by buying a new microphone, for example. So thank you very much, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. And listen to your podcast. <laughs> yep. Definitely. I encourage everyone to do that. So thank you so much, Zoe, and congratulations on People Stuff. Thank you for sending me a copy. I really, really enjoyed it. And I'm going to use it a lot um, for my interactions with people. And I encourage everyone to go out and buy it and, and read it as well. So the book's called People Stuff by Zoe Rao. And so thank you very, very much, Zoe, for joining me today. Uh, absolute pleasure. It's been a delight. Thank you so much, Lance.